four, three, two, one. And it says we are live. And yes, I am back. And uh, back at a different time on Saturday. Uh, back with some mm -hmm. scruff. And uh, back in, uh, except this, this is like the studio place that I'm trying to build. Uh, Got to pick up some more stuff at Ikea first. And <laughs> after that, uh, we'll be good to go. I do have uh, some cabinetry and uh, I got to get the, uh, the floor rug in there. And uh, that whiteboard over there is uh, is actually going to be tacked on the wall. And uh, I also got a really cool painting mailed to me recently. And uh, that's also going on the wall as well. But uh, yeah, we're here. This is Q&A episode 13. Thank you all for being patient. Um, real life hit me extremely difficult this week. And uh, but that doesn't mean we're not going to give up. And also, I just bought a whole bunch of new equipment to actually uh, make my car into a studio as well. So hopefully, once that gets <laughs> up off the ground, I'll able. I'm I'm trying to be able to do an episode every single day. Basically, that's what I'm trying to get uh, get up to. Yeah, that's right, Jab. Trying to be doing an episode every day. You think I could do it? I, you're shaking your head right now on the other side. I know you are, but that's okay. I'll let you. <laughs> um. An episode every day where every episode is at least one day late. Yeah, you could pull that off, I reckon. I know, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Every, yeah. You know, it's like, okay, hey, we're, <laughs> we're scheduling for this time. Just, you know, let's assume 30 minutes late just in case every time. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, we're, we're going to be fashionably late. You know, you just got to have that a little bit of contempt about your attitude towards it so that, you know, people think that, you know, oh, look at me. I'm very important and I can be 30 minutes late because I'm important. So you got to be fashionably late. Yeah, exactly. But, but yeah, on that note, uh, we've got our Q&A session. I'll be looking at some questions from the Discord. Once we get through a few of those, maybe we can see some YouTube questions. Obviously, uh, since we're sellouts, uh, super chat questions take priority because uh, reasons. Coin yeah. operation. Coin operation. We are we are definitely coin operated uh, this evening. Uh, and I would like to also mention uh, uh, that uh, we're actually going to be moving our live streams to Saturday and Sunday uh, from now on, and we're going to try to make them more European friendly uh, in terms of the scheduling. We haven't been able to uh, actually tack on the specific times as to when we're going to be doing a live stream uh, to be able to do that, but it is coming. We're, we're working on that. We're not going to be doing any midweek streams uh, for a while, and uh, we're also going to be um, potentially uh, talking uh, with Jab here about uh, you know bringing the fictional typing show uh, that he does uh, also to the live stream as well, uh, but we're going to have to talk about that in the future. But Things are coming. Thank you for your patience with us. Uh, we really appreciate it. Also, thank you for being patient with uh, the the echo in this room. I, I ordered all the soundproofing. Mm -hmm. We're going to get that handled too. Like this whole place will be a studio soon. I just uh, haven't had much time this week to do that because my boss flew in for my day job and I had to put all of my attention on him uh, for the week uh, as well as uh, being a single uh, father. So. That's just kind of what uh, I've been doing. And since uh, I have a break, I'm like, oh, yes, time to get on the stream. So here we are. Uh, as Jab said, uh, we got questions. If you want to get in on these questions, join the Discord server. If you don't know how to join the Discord server, all you have to do is go to Instagram. 
uh, go to cs.joseph on Instagram and then obviously follow cs.joseph, but then go to uh, the profile, click the bio link and then click discord. And then you could sign up and get right on our discord server, go in the Q and a channel and start asking questions. Um, there's a very large queue of questions that we're going through. So we'll get to them. Obviously you can use super chat uh, to, uh, you know, get right on top of that queue so that your question is answered first. And then, uh, and then we'll do uh, some YouTube questions here and there, et cetera. Uh, but yes, uh, that's kind of uh, where we're going at it. So, Jab, did I miss anything there? I think I got everything. Um, uh, no, not really. Uh, I guess you guys can contact me as to what would be your preferred time when it comes to live streams, because realistically, that's going to come down to what I can convince Chase to only be 30 minutes late to. Okay. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> I so deserve that. Yeah, maybe, maybe what we should, maybe what you should do, Jab, is like just assume thirty minutes late, and then tell tell the whole audience, you know, the real thirty minutes late time. But don't tell me, so that way yeah. it works out every time. <laughs> but yeah, feel free to PM me. Be like, oh, usually this is this time's too late for me, or this time's too early for me, and we'll see what we can do from there. Yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I'm and I'm also getting a haircut as well. So you know, uh, uh -huh. shaving and a haircut. You know. <laughs> anyway, that's cool. Uh, so Jeb, uh, what do you got for me? Where where are we where are we starting tonight? What do we got? All right, I'm, where I'm starting with you is a question from a apparently an INFP, and they ask, you mentioned that third world countries tend to tend to favor developing the subconscious, while first world countries tend to develop tend to favor develop the unconscious in individuals. How exactly is this accomplished? What sort of cultural messages communicate these differing attitudes and personal development? That's a great question. Okay, so um, that actually stems from a book known as King, Warrior, uh, Magician, Lover by uh, Robert Moore and Douglas Gillette. They are famous Jungian psychologists. Uh, they wrote uh, that book, which is a primer. They also wrote the, the King Within, the Warrior Within, the Magician Within, the Lover Within. And they're also that those theories that they have about Jungian psychology is also what gives us um, queen, uh, mother, matron, lover, that entire uh, setup for the mature feminine as well. But in it, they reference a movie known as The Emerald Forest. And The Emerald Forest basically follows the story of a boy who was from a first world nation and then ended up being raised by a tribe in the Amazon after that boy was lost. And he ends up becoming the chief of that tribe, etc. But uh, the whole point is, um, other than that being a story for the boy reaching manhood, uh, which is which is significant uh, in the in the hero's journey, but it's also uh, archetypically showing that you know people who are just out there in the wild, you know, the hunter gatherers, they're technically happier than people who are in the urban areas of Tokyo or New York, basically, and mm -hmm. it's just. It just goes to show that it's 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 archetypical. It's it, archetypically it's um, you know people who are in those types of uh, those communities and those tribes. Even though sickness and death is super high risk, they're also pretty happy because of how subconscious focused it is. You know, it's like the tribes just kind of intuitively know that people uh, in you know even though they're in you know rough circumstances compared to like everybody else. But I guess that's kind of subjective. But the point is is that they actually allow everyone to be who they are. They don't try to mold each member of the tribe 
uh, into a specific system or a specific way of doing things. Mm -hmm. They respect everybody for the gifts that they have, right? So, so archetypically, that is why third world countries are technically happier than first world countries, right? And that's because those third world countries are more subconscious focused, uh, as as pointed out uh, by uh, Robert Moore and Douglas Gillette, whereas the third world countries or the first world countries are more shadow focused. But mm -hmm. while you're gaining happiness as a result of developing your subconscious, you're kind of lacking the maturity at the same time. Although you may be, if you're shadow focused in a first world country, you'd be more mature, but you're less happy. So it's kind of a trade-off. So that's why when you hit midlife, you're developing whichever side of your mind that you haven't developed yet, basically. And the different types of midlife crises that you encounter has everything to do with that, right? So, so that's how I would answer that question, Jeb. So in summary, it's basically SJ's fault. Since we live in an SJ-dominated society, it's their fault. Is that's, that what you're saying? That, that's right. Yeah, that, 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 that's exactly it. Verbatim, word for word. It's the SJ's fault. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> See, I, I can just read you. All right. Well, fair enough. Yeah, you, you got to right. figure it out. Mind control next, right? <laughs> exactly. I'm working on it. Um, soon you're going to be changing your channel's name to CS Java. Yep. CS Java Incorporated. Exactly. All right. Next question is, which type have a propensity... <clears throat> Excuse me for boredom with their surroundings. Which boredom with their surroundings? Uh, yes, it, it. I can't answer that question directly because there's so much more context or circumstantial information. That I need to answer that question properly. Right. So, Obviously, so, different surroundings would cause different types to be bored, right? Yeah, but there's but there's some um, but there's some people. Well, let's just use some specific examples. So like, look at SPs, right? So SPs, uh, typically, uh, if they are in a situation where they're lacking in freedom, uh, they're going to become bored with their surroundings. Or you can look at an INTP uh, who has who has been given a challenge to solve, but then they solve it, they have mastered, but there's no new challenge and they become bored with their surroundings, right? Uh, that's, that's very typical. Or SJs, given mm -hmm. too much freedom. If they are given too much freedom, they become bored with their uh, surroundings because the SJs, at the end of the day, kind of need some of, a little bit of the mundane and the banal in order to actually maintain some kind of self-security throughout that process. They, they need that, right? And I don't think that... Uh, it's, it's, it's just really everyone can. It just, it just, it's very based on the context or the circumstance and the types in play, quite frankly. Right, fair enough. Sorry, I muted there to cough, and uh, I clearly didn't unmute. So let's go on to the next question then. Um, as an ITJ guy who met an ESFP girl, oh, Jesus. Uh, here we go. Another <laughs> duality question. Yeah, it's because that's what people like asking are duality questions for sure. Yeah, and our relationship is still pretty shallow even at this point. Good acquaintance, but I don't trust her yet. We will... We interact with each other very often, and this will continue for at least two more years. I'm not interested in her as a girlfriend, but I do see her as a potential friend. Question. What can I do or not do as an INTJ to make this relationship better? And the most important, what should I learn to take away from her and how? Yes, I know it's not the best idea to interact with your subconscious in the first place, but I have to communicate with her, so I might as well get such learn something useful out of it, no mistyping involved. Okay. Well, if we're assuming that there's no mistyping present, 
basically learn from her in terms of how she jeers people and how she has quips and how she's a comedian and how she uh, commands attention and learn mm -hmm. those skills for yourself as an INTJ. You want to utilize mm -hmm. her as an example with which you could potentially mirror to at least start building up your own mm -hmm. ESFP until your ESFP subconscious actually technically becomes stronger than your ego. Conversely, yep. she could also learn the same from you uh, by learning how to become more organized, uh, more strategic, uh, knowing what she wants instead of being afraid of what she wants, right? So, and, and you could also look at her and be like, well, wow, I like how she dressed and ask her for fashion tips, right? So that you're not always afraid of giving people a bad experience because of SE inferior or having performance anxiety, right? But then again, mm -hmm. you're helping her get away from her willful anxiety where she's just is too afraid to know what she wants, et cetera. So there could right. definitely be an exchange there. But at the end of the day, you're probably going to get on each other's nerves. Uh, so uh, I would say like do that with caution and definitely from a distance if possible. But if right. you're kind of forced to be around her or in that presence, make the best of what you can for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's a big thing. You got to develop that SE inferior and there's nothing better than having a worked example. Kind of like why I push Chase to do typing uh, famous people. Yes. <laughs> anyway, um, let's go on to the next question. Will you be adding critic, trickster, and demon function attitudes to season 16? Yes. In fact, that's the trickster one right there. That board is the trickster. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Ooh, the it's, teaser. It's right there. It's coming. Ooh. It's coming. I might be yelling at the camera immediately following this live stream. If I get lucky, it'll spontaneously combust, and you'll actually see the flames on the camera right as it cuts out. But we'll, right, we'll, right. we'll see. We'll see for sure. <laughs> All right. Next question. What practical tips would you give an ENFJ to cope with and guard against others guilt-tripping you, both intentional and unintentional? Okay. So how can we help FE users? Yeah, so how to help FE users with guilt. So you have to think about it. Uh, do you deserve to feel guilty or not? You have to ask yourself that question. Uh, and the next question is, is that, are they manipulating me? What do they gain by me being guilty? You always mm -hmm. got to think about that. Now, it's a lot easier for interest-based FE users, which is basically STPs and NFJs, to constantly right. look at, okay, well, what are these people going to gain if I'm being guilted? Although, funnily enough, the NFJs don't really do that. They don't do that initially. It's the, it's the STPs that are doing that and are more aware of it. Uh, even though they have, even though they have low expert intuition, they can't really see the intentions of others, whereas the NFJs can. So it's kind of backwards that way, which is really interesting to me. But uh, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, it's more of um, ask somebody else. Ask a ask a high FI an FI parent specifically. Uh, a third party, if you know an FI parent or an FI hero, but it'd be probably better to go to an FI parent specifically because they have FE critic. Go to that FE critic person just to be like, hey, what do you think about this? And they'll tell you straight up. FE critic definitely knows, knows better than anyone else if, if guilt is being used as a weapon, especially since they use guilt on a weapon, especially to fellow FE users all the time. Just hopefully you're not the target of their FE critic and you're asking their FE critic for advice on how, how to handle this other FI user or whoever else is potentially guilting you, et cetera. So just mm -hmm. that's one strategy I'd recommend. Go ask a third party or try to figure out yourself by asking yourself those questions. It's important to know what the other party is gaining from it. It's also important to know if you actually deserve to feel guilty or not. 
Because sometimes I just fart, I just start feeling guilty for no reason. I have Effie child and I just automatically feel guilty, even though I know for a fact a TI parent that's not even my fault. Like that happens consistently. Actually, it happened to me yesterday. And then right. uh, it happened to me yesterday really hard. And then by the time the night was over and I got some new information from a third party, I realized that I was absolutely dumb for someone for for me to feel guilty about that situation so i right. and then i realized i need to not feel guilty and instead take action to try to uh, uh handle the situation appropriately so but definitely uh mm -hmm. that, yeah that's how i'd answer that yeah so tldr find someone with strong fi to check for you um so this one's a bit of a mouthful, so I'm just going to very vaguely summarize it. So this person is struggling with implementing interaction styles, so they have someone who's possibly an ISFJ, definitely responding control, but I'm pretty sure she's direct, at least judging by her way of speaking. Not sure if she's a bit cryptic, though. And he, he says he's definitely informative responding, but pretty sure his movement also. I just watched your video on control versus movement a while ago, and it's obvious to me that it's all about moving and exploring starting stuff, and stagnation depresses me. Though I catch myself in cycles of isolation and routine from time to time. Maybe the so-called TISI loop. Do some qualities play a stronger role than others? Or are some types just a bit tricky? Thanks in advance. Hope there will be a Q&A soon. <clears throat> yeah, you're welcome, Taj Marie. We're definitely going to be uh, moving the streams to the weekends moving forward. Um, so uh, to answer that question, uh, so it's kind of interesting. Uh, yes, some types exhibit more control as other types exhibit more movement. So like, for example, the INTJ, it's what I call triple movement, right? Because ESFP is movement and that's their subconscious. INTJ is movement, that's their ego. Uh, ENTP is movement, that's their unconscious, right? And then you have those three sides of the mind, that's triple movement. I don't pay as much attention to the superego at all when I say that, when I claim, you know, triple movement. But, uh, but yeah, some types can be more control and more movement than others. And, or the same thing could go with like, you know, more direct, right? Like STPs are triple direct, mm -hmm. right? Right. So you always have to be aware of those different dichotomies uh, when looking at uh, interaction styles. Uh, and then also even from temperament, there's also additional ones where, her, where uh, they're more affiliative, right? Like triple affiliative, that's a thing too, you know, that where they expect authoritarian and they're not ever going to make decisions, any pragmatic decisions at all, basically. And that's definitely an issue. Uh, but I would like to make a comment though about control versus movement. Remember control types are all focused on the outcome. They're focused on the result that they're trying to get. And then they're going to build a process to get to that specific result. Mm -hmm. They just mm -hmm. have to know the result that they're looking for. Whereas a movement type is not necessarily concerned with the results. They have a general idea of what the result is they're looking for, but it's not specific control types. It is specific results. Movement types, it is not specific, it's in-specific. And because of that, what the movement person ends up believing is that they have like the one-size-fits-all process that they're trying to make the ultimate process so that they can right. use that ultimate process to get whatever result that they want at the time. That's a movement-oriented person. That's, what, yeah. that's how starters and finishers work, whereas control types, it's different. They have a specific outcome and they develop a specific process for that specific outcome because they are more results focused, whereas movement types are more process focused. So hopefully that will kind of 
assist you with translating the differences between control versus movement in order to uh, determine that interaction style that you're looking for. Right. Yeah, definitely. <clears throat> um, let's go to the next question, which is why does every person on the internet think they are a introverted intuitive? And I mean, I N X X not an I user. Uh, the reason why is because the introverted intuitive, the INXX types are the most interested in the subject matter outside of everybody else. Why? Well, the reason is, is because INXX types often are challenged uh, with some specific issues. Uh, they're challenged with how, um, it can be very challenging for them in this world, especially right. first world USA SJ society, because they're completely, you know, the opposite for the most part of SJs. And uh, since mm -hmm. SJ reality is the reality of the United States of America or even first world culture, even in the UK, it's an SJ society, for example, uh, they are trying to figure out themselves because the society is labeling something wrong with these people, the INTPs, INFPs, INFJs, INTJs consistently. And right. they end up feeling that there's something wrong. So they're trying to understand themselves to try to solve the problem as if that there is something wrong with them. In reality, there is nothing wrong with them, but society right. is saying that there's something wrong with them. And they're like, well, the majority of people are saying there's something wrong with me. Well, it must be true then, right? No, that's, that's yeah. crap. Actually, that's not true, but that's what it, and then it causes them to, you know, spend the majority of their time trying to find out, you know, throughout their life. And yeah, is there something wrong with me? Yeah, is there something wrong with me? So then, and then eventually they discover MBTI and they research it pretty deeply. And that's why the right. majority of the audience is very INXX focused. Right. Like I, I've seen that quite a few times personally, like people who are fans of your uh, content and what you'll find is that when they're introverted intuitives, it'll be like, wow, I really like this guy because he just gets me. So if you look at the, um, if you look at videos like your INTP or your INFJ or your uh, INTJ or INFP videos, what you'll find is people are like, even though you are, when you make these videos, you have a, ten a tendency of being rather harsh when it comes to the shortcomings of certain types, realistically, if the person's honest enough, they'll be like, yeah, I do that a lot on this good shit and this bad stuff. And therefore, you know, since this person gets me, that's why I'm a big fan of your content. So I think it, I think it really comes down to, especially in your case, your ability to understand the unique personalities that exist within introverted intuitives because they're commonly misunderstood. Um, let's move on to the next question. So this question is, as an INTJ, I feel much irritated when people ask me questions. Any idea why? What should I do to overcome this? Questions are mostly like, what should I do? Or people asking me for help in general or asking me which of two things I prefer. I feel like they are trying to extract my thoughts against my will. And I also believe they are being too lazy to think. So this looks like hitting a TI critic maybe overheating it so that, you know, you're causing a bit of uh, stress. What do you think? Well, T is this TE credit or, or TE nemesis, or is this uh, TE parent? You know what I mean? Is, is, is there a chance right. this person is mistyped? You know what I mean? Like, uh -huh. like, is there a chance of that? I don't know. They're, 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 
It could be, but uh, I mean, any hero is obviously going to tell everyone, yes, it's possible. Anything is possible. Ooh, you know, but let's, let's assume that he's actually correct here. Uh, so uh, if he really is an INTJ, if he really is an mm-hmm. INTJ, uh, INTJs often find it, it very stressful to have to answer specific questions with specifics instead of like rationale when they're tr- when someone's trying to get logic out of them. Why? Because it requires a lot more mental energy to go down to your TI critic and try to answer a question using their TI. And the thing is too, is that the INTJ is not really allowed to share their beliefs about a subject, but they have to share with what they know is true about the subject which may make them a bit more uncomfortable because their collected beliefs on the subject is actually way more stronger than the actual truth of the subject. And they want to make for absolute sure that what they know about a certain subject is verified because CI critic demands the verification demands that it's actually true before they talk about it. And then most times the INTJ is like, yeah, I get that. I look smart right now, but I can't answer this question. And then it frustrates the INTJ because I say, well, great. If I can't even answer these questions for these people and it sucks that I have to because they think I'm smart uh, and, and I am, but why, why is it my responsibility to answer these questions? And if I don't answer these questions the way that these people need, then they're going to judge me for it. And then they're going to think less of me. And then I'm going to feel bad. So they just get right. stuck in this box and it's like, just leave me alone. They'd rather people just leave them alone in that particular situation. Now, a well-read and well-versed INTJ who's much older, more experienced and has maturity, not as much of an issue. Um, right. Kind of like so. an INTJ. We both know who helps run a Q and a question session and answers questions, you know, yeah. Just tooting my own horn a little bit. Yeah. For those of you wondering, I'm actually being informative right now saying that I'm a mature, well-read INTJ, uh, despite being a direct type, got to use that subconscious. But yeah, I think that's a pretty good answer so far. Uh, let's move on to the next one. As the four SP types have extroverted intuition deep in their shadow, how would they be able to know if someone wants to pursue them? Uh, because they would be able to use their extroverted sensing to see a pattern of behavior in the other person who is pursuing them. And, and that pattern of behavior would be shared experiences. Because SE... They would have to want to share an experience with someone that they're interested in because their introvert intuition is actually interested in that person and they want to share experiences with that person and how that and if that person reacts positively multiple times as a result of sharing that experience with them, then it can come off as that person is pursuing them because that person is seeking to have a new experience with the SP basically. Right. It's not about reading their intentions. It's just seeing what they've done over and over and being able to see a pattern of behavior in the other person. That's all that is basically. And that's how they quote unquote measure intentions, even though it's not actually intentions, they're just observing what other people are doing. And then be like, Oh, that person had repeated that same behavior three to four times. They're definitely interested in me. That's, that's literally all that is basically. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Pattern of behavior. Make sure you develop that pattern. All right, next question. Regarding the parent function video, what sorts of things does any parent warn people about? So perhaps the topic of these things doesn't matter as much as the fact that the warnings happen about people's future. If INFPs and ITPs keep these sorts of warnings to themselves, does that mean they're just immature? Is any parent always a vocal and warning people? As per the one example you give for any parent, if any parent warns you about something, you should just listen to it. 
Yeah, if any parent warns you about something, you should always listen to it. Like, I don't care what type you are, you probably should listen to it because right. you don't want the prophecy of expert intuition parent, which has the highest likelihood to come true out of all <laughs> of the types, quite frankly, even right. more likely than any hero because any hero ends up making more prophecies, but any hero is aware of uh, how time changes more so, so their prophecies change just as fast as they make them. But any parent spends so much more time in its pessimism and considering the actual results of what's going to happen with its prophecies. So when it actually does make a prophecy, it's a really big deal and you need to listen to it because it's responsible and it's being responsible in creating that prophecy for you. So definitely right. listen to it. Uh, the problem is, is that they could be warning on anything. There's no specific things that they warn about. It could be anything. Uh, they could warn about, uh, uh, wow, that relationship's obviously not going to work out. Or, hey, watch out for that bus that's about to hit you. Or if right. you don't install this program by this time, then your network is going to go down. Uh, if you don't change that belt <laughs> on your car, your engine's going to get ruined. If you don't put Oof. more oil, if you don't change your oil, that's going to go bad for you. You know what I mean? Like, right. that's what any parent does consistently. So right, right. Very, very important. Yeah. I mean, if you're worried about changing your timing belt, you could always get a non-interference engine, maybe an old Toyota from like the nineties. Uh <laughs> let's go on to the next question. I think you've very thoroughly answered that. I'm an INTJ and I often find myself too lazy to do anything. There are about a thousand things I have to do. I want to do them but I'm never in the mood to do any of them. So I'll just sit around all day doing nothing. And that's really annoying me. Is a cognitive function causing this? Also, how do I overcome this? Yeah, it's your NI and your FI looping together, preventing you from taking proper action because your expert thinking parent is not well-developed enough. You need to develop your expert thinking parent so that your parent ends up putting your child in check. So you actually become more responsible. That's literally it. And to help develop your expert thinking parent, do more research and actually spend time learning skills and applying yourself. And if you're not even able to do that, then you're basically a man child. And you should probably read the book, No More Mr. Nice Guy, Codependent No More, 12 Rules for Life and uh -huh. uh, uh, The Boy Crisis. And I think that's uh, <laughs> that would be my recommendation, this particular INTJ. Mm -hmm. Oh look! Right, we got a super chat. Yeah, Aiden, our our favorite, one of our favorite people, Aiden, with what, the usual the questions. Voice? Yeah, Mr. Wash knees, and uh, like he literally said, it's pronounced wash knees. So wash knees. Okay, wash knees. Yes, he he said that, not me. So if type isn't genetically determined, what does epigenetics play any role? Yes, that's an awesome question. Love his questions. Thank you. Yes, the answer is yes. Yes, epigenetics can play a role uh, over time. Now, remember, the premise of epigenetics is, and this is very important for the audience to understand, every time you eat something, every bite of food you eat literally changes your genes in real time. This is why fat women give birth to fat children. You ever thought about that? Yeah, mm -hmm. that's actually scientifically proven. So realize every single behavior that you have and that, that you do changes your genes in real time. You have an epigenetic genome that when they first discovered the human genome, they thought that it was called junk DNA and then they realized it wasn't. And that as we behave, 
in our mm. daily lives, whatever happens, our genes are actually changing in real time. And it's like this big ring, right? It's a, epigenetics is this giant ring of all potential genes that you have access to. And you're like at one little point. And as you go through your daily life, you're moving in this ring and activating and deactivating genes on this epigenetic genome. And it's literally changing everything about you, even how fast you age, whether or not you get fat or not. And you pass that on to your children too. <gasps> yeah, maybe you should like be responsible for your health. But the point is, uh, type is not genetically determined. Uh, does epigenetics play any role? It does because epigenetics is definitely influenced by nurture right and nurture we do know for a fact that nurture does impact type and uh and nurture definitely impacts epigenetics so as epigenetics is affected by nurture so also is type we're going to be looking at how that works in season 17 coming up very soon uh, when we're going to mm -hmm. be talking about the quadras uh, at length and other uh, components thereof and releasing the next uh, few pages of the type grid, which will give you additional uh, techniques with which you can type people, additional methodologies. And that's how I would yeah. answer that question. You got anything to add to yeah. that, Jab? Um, yeah, other than uh, you probably could also include men in it. I remember reading a study on epigenetics where over overweight or obese men and if they had a, a healthy weight partner, they them being overweight would also increase the likelihood that their child would be overweight. So uh, perhaps not let men off the loose as easy. Yeah, um, definitely. On that note, Aiden actually said, oh, close, it's pronounced Washness, but I'm going to keep mispronouncing your name so you can keep trying to correct us with more Super Chats. <laughs> <laughs> because because Jab is uh, coin-operated. <laughs> awesome. Exactly. Exactly. Um, let's go on to the next question, which will be, uh, can the superego be used in a positive way, unlike the usual judge, jury, and executioner? Wait a minute. Someone mm -hmm. named Tar Telpelerian Numenor is in the chat. Is that Tar Palantir from NC Dot? If it is, I'm... I'm going to like snicker when I say that <laughs> from evolution corp. <laughs> right. <laughs> anyway, what's the question again? Okay. So the question was, can the superego be used in a positive way? Unlike the usual judge, jury and executioner. Yes, absolutely. Uh, it can be used in, in various ways. Um, so the superego, the, the, the primary positive function of the superego is to, is to be the giant red reset button that you press and then it just explodes in everyone's face and it resets your life. That's literally what the superego does. Um, very, um, very important. Uh, but uh, other than that, uh, the superego can be used uh, in some other positive ways. Like for example, if you develop your subconscious and you develop your shadow, you can actually kind of use your superego in a nice way without lighting everything on fire, which is great, right? Uh, and so as I've been working on my subconscious uh, development and my unconscious development, every now and then I can actually use uh, some pretty interesting sarcasm and jokes and, and uh, being a right. comedian in the same way George Carlin did as an ENTP, for example, he developed right. his uh, superego pretty well, his ESFP superego in a healthy manner and became a comedian after first developing the other sides of his mind appropriately. And that's how it can come out. But you have to be able to develop your subconscious and your shadow simultaneously, not just one or the other, because the superego is imbalanced. Because remember, it's the superfluous ego, 
right? That's why it's like, it's an extra ego. It's not necessarily, you know, your main ego and it's trying to trade places with your ego. So, and it mm -hmm. could bleed in the other sides of your mind. And when they're developed, you can utilize some of the benefits from it without it being a negative experience every single time. So just, yeah. just understand that, but you also have to feed it a little bit too, because if you don't, it'll just come out and ravage everything and you don't want that. So right. try to be aware of those risks. Yeah, throw some food in the demon cage, like try not to taunt it with some holy water. You know, you don't want to overdo it and make it angry because it might break the cage and you get it. Yes, that was a Borat reference. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, can the super ego be used in a positive way? Well, even in the cliche, like negative way, that can still be positive because it can force you to change the negative environment you're in. Correct. And allow you to. Yeah. Allow you to. Well, I mean, that's the whole function of it. Yep. So, whilst some people might perceive that as a non-positive use, realistically, in the long run, it may be. Yeah. Exactly. So. Don't don't immediately think super ego bad. Think super ego means you're in a situation where you need to like you just need to go all no holds barred and like kick the shit out of the circumstance out of a yep. circumstance so that you know you can actually be happy. <laughs> yep. Alright, let's go on to the next question, and this comes from Enya who asks, Why do so few ISFP people want to be on Discord? How can I find an ISFP mentor? Uh, one, a lot of the people on our Discord server are actually mistyped and Oof. are not choosing their types pro appropriately. So I wouldn't necessarily say that there isn't very enough ISFPs uh, on uh, the Discord server. I do know a few of them. And uh, the, the ones that I do know, I do appreciate. And, uh, and right. I got the painting and it's fantastic, by the way. Uh, the other thing <laughs> is, uh, no, it's it's so dope. Like it's, it. wow. I mean, it's right over there. Show us. Go grab it. Show us. Go, go show yeah. us. Okay. Yeah, show us. All right, I'll show you. Hold on. The, the CSJ fan appreciation, uh, Tammy pseudo live stream. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But uh, yeah, here it is. So, oh, uh, yeah, yeah, it's a black lotus, you know, from Magic the Gathering, except nice, except it's in, it's underneath the stars in the bayou swamp. Oh, so right. good and glowing in the night. So dope. So dope. Uh, you're gonna yeah. shout out who uh, drew that for you? <laughs> <laughs> Not today. <laughs> so no, no naming and shaming. Huh? Uh, uh, no naming and shaming. Not not today. Uh, because right, right, I'm gonna right. be doing that when the when the studio opens, when it's like officially done. So right. <laughs> so we got Mr. Aiden uh, Wish News again. Uh, keep, gonna keep mispronouncing your name for more money. Yes. Uh, I, I think this is gonna become a meme now. Um, it's a meme. When it comes to our society, which ideal couple would be the most powerful when it comes to achievements and being able to climb the ranks? To our society? Ooh. Um, I, I think this society. might be an INTP ENTJ or an ENTP INTJ. <laughs> I, would, I would argue ISTJ, ISTP, actually. Really? Yes, I would. I mean, especially since I kind of believe that Jeff Bezos is an ISTJ. You know what I mean? So I could, Ugh. I mean, I could make that, 
I could make that argument. But ENTJ, INTB would probably be the ideal dynamic duo in terms of having full dominance all the way across the board at the end of the day, with the ISTJ well, yeah. and ISTP being the other being the the other challenger. Um, right. Yeah, for sure. Or the or the ISTJ ESTP, like either right. one of those, for sure. I mean, the reason why I went with the INTJ uh, ENTP or IN, uh, or INTP ENTJ is because I kind of feel like that that INTP could be forced out you know, be pushed to excel by that ENTJ pushing shit forward. And I think it's a similar situation between ENTP and INTJ. It's just a question of what would be more results oriented. I think they're pretty close, but yeah, I, I could take the argument for either. So um, zero, zero Angel Mark One says, I know two ISTJs, but they're not super ambitious. They just take on a lot of responsibility. He's absolutely right. The difference is, is that the STP of that relationship is the one who's providing the ambition. And that's why I said ISTP because it's NI child. NI child actually has some pretty good ambition and then uh, they can mm -hmm. implement some things, but the ISTJ protects them and makes things work over time. I've seen plenty of ISTP, ISTJ relationships who, uh, like, like, for example, uh, met when they were in second grade literally in second grade, got married right. when they were able to legally get married and then started a business from the ground up. And now they have a bunch of children, uh, a, a huge home and a multi-million dollar firm together. Right. And, right. and you know, and only one of them has a bachelor's degree. You see what I'm saying? Like, so <laughs> I, I've seen that with my own eyes, but I've also seen INTP, ENTJ, like seriously go to the moon and back, you know, uh, without going all like Savage Garden on you. But, but right. yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, next question is, uh, what can we do to help Chase from burning out? <laughs> uh, send me cool paintings. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Shit. Uh, well, uh, a lot of the community recently has uh, stepped up and assisted with transcripting and transcribing uh, the episodes, which I really mm -hmm. appreciate. So I would like to thank the community uh, for those of you that have volunteered your time to actually assist in transcribing. It's been awesome. It's been absolutely awesome uh, to do that. So, uh, but yeah, uh, when uh, they do that, you know, there it is. And yes, I need sleep. Leslie Miller is correct. I do need sleep yeah. badly. Uh, and also uh, some of the community also helped me uh, get some advice for me too. Like for example, um, I asked advice yesterday for what do I need to set up my studio in my car? Cause I'm creating a car studio because <laughs> I do a lot of driving. I probably do about anywhere from 15 to 20 hours of driving a week. Right. Think of how many mm -hmm. lectures I could fit into that. Right. So I had to get like a car mount uh, for my phone and then I had to get uh, the proper uh, adapter and I got a new headset that I'm wearing in the car while I'm driving and lecturing simultaneously just to keep the content going and staying right. on point, et cetera. Uh -huh. But I'm, I'm going, I'm going all the way for it. Um, another thing that could really help me from the community standpoint is, uh, I need more programmers. Um, you know, people yep. uh, that do mobile application development, uh, also no SQL lamp stack, uh, as well as nginx and, um, uh, various uh, application development strategies, et cetera. That's like super mega useful and would really help because then it would assist us getting our um, uh, test out faster. Uh, yeah. And uh, and also graphic artists are also super helpful. 
And yeah. I think, uh, oh, and uh, audio video advice is kind of like one of my biggest needs recently, but a lot of the people on my team have already been able to provide and meet that need. So, but who knows, maybe where I'm doing something wrong, whatever, just make a suggestion. We'll listen and we'll get it fixed. I've had a lot of people make suggestions and I've listened and I handled it. So we just kind of, you know, made it work and, and kind of went from there. So that's, so that's how I'd answer that question. Right. Yeah. I mean, with regards to that car studio, you probably should have come to me, but we both know I would have suggested we get an RV, but, and make our show like Breaking Bad, but instead of cooking meth, we'll just be cooking episodes for this audience. Um, yeah. So uh, let's move on to the next question. Um, so do you think if the majority of people learn Jungian analytical psychology that future generations would try to engineer their children into certain types, therefore possibly changing the intuitives to be the majority instead of senses? And do you think this would be the best future for society? Uh, the answer is yes, uh, human beings will abuse it. Like it will happen. In fact, I'm actually concerned that as we uh, develop the science and get it in everyone's hands throughout the entire world, it's going to lead to mental eugenics where people mm -hmm. are going to be like, oh, we're going to detect this person's type at a young age. Oh, that type is against our society. I guess we're going to have to murder that child then. You know what I mean? Like, I'm really right. afraid of mental eugenics actually being a thing. But the thing is, it's not really fair to do that because uh, a child's type does not exactly solidify 100% until they've reached adolescence, right? So yeah. if that eugenics program was actually going to create where it's like, okay, we can't let any free thinking ENTPs like breathe at all, you know, right. they'd have to wait till the children are like, have gone beyond uh, adolescence to know for a fact what their ego is before actually making that horrifying, <laughs> heinous decision. But yeah, it's definitely a risk that we're aware of. But at the same time, yeah. the benefits outweigh the risks. So we're moving forward. Right. And that's kind of... yeah. I mean, we've seen that personally. Like, I don't know, we've had like, what, six questions so far on how can I control what my child's type is or yeah. how does the child develop so I can control it and what can I do to make sure my child is this type of their quadra? How, um, uh, yeah, people always want to be able to customize their children with their genes, you know, and I'm sure they'll want to, like, maybe they should, like, focus on customizing their children with epigenetics. That'd be nice. Uh, yeah. That, that would mean they'd have to, like, actually work hard for once. Um, and then... Uh, you know, that would be great. But uh, if you want to have a good outcome with your child, instead of trying to change the person and the same thing goes for like trying to change your spouse or whatever, how about you just stop changing people? How about you just learn to understand them and then live with them uh, accordingly, right? And just let them be yeah. who they are. Like seriously, it's none of your business and it's not really like your thing. So, wow, we got uh, uh, a bunch of yeah, super, chats. super chats. Three super chats in quick succession, like in the span of a minute. So read me Hades uh, one. Yeah, all right. So let's start with Hades. Thank you for the five pounds. And he says, as an INTJ, how do I choose a career if I don't know what my FI child wants? Gaining career capital for the sake of it is miserable. So wow. how do I choose a career? Uh, okay. So you want to take that jab? Okay. Yeah. I, okay. I, have, I have a little bit of an answer too, but I want to, I want to dovetail it to what you're going right. to say. You can correct me when I turn out to be wrong in the long run. Okay. So my advice would be figure out what you like and then find a field of which what you like is a common theme in the process. So, um, gaining career capital for the sake of it is miserable. So you don't know what your FI child wants. 
I mean, realistically, once more like likes, I guess is the yeah. I mean, with the FI child, it's just something you want to do to keep it happy. So realistically, you need to find a common theme of what you enjoy, and then find a career of which that is um, centerpiece. So if you like using your attention to detail, perhaps you will. I don't know. Like, I have a ten- I-, I have a tendency to liking attention to detail. So obviously, I did an engineering degree, and I look at safety and blah 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 blah. And I'm trying to get an employment in that field. So that's what I'm doing. I like breaking down processes and identifying where problems can be, and just this complete breakdown of the process is what I enjoy, and that's where I'm pursuing my career. So definitely, it needs to come down to what do you like and where can you find what you like. Yes, uh, I completely agree. I, I started college out doing game and simulation programming. And after the first semester was over, I'm like, yeah, definitely don't want to do this because I realized uh, it would just fall apart because it's like, oh, that means I could literally only work in two places in the United States in those days, which was Seattle or the Bay Area, California, for the most part in those days. And I'm like, yeah, I no, not doing this. So I changed my major to business immediately and and got out of that situation. Yeah. Uh, right. I'd like to tell right. Hades though, he needs to read a book called Crush It by Gary Vaynerchuk as soon as possible immediately. Right. And that should give him some additional direction on that. So yeah, what's right. the next one? Next one is from ASM Criminal. And this is another INTJ. I'm kind of in a slump, completely demotivated. How do I get out of it? I'm an INTJ. All right. Well, what's causing him you to be demotivated? <laughs> you know? Well, exactly. What's causing you to be demotivated? And that's probably because you're not getting what you want. And I hear is all up there like, oh, I want this, I want this, and you're not getting it. So what I would suggest is you strategize at how you can get what you want. Figure out what you want and determine how you can get it. And then if you really want that thing, you're going to you're going to turn over mountains and you're going to you're yeah, going to kick it, a it really comes down to how much you want it. Uh there is a um, a video Owen Cook aka RSD Tyler uh made on YouTube called Truth About Life. Uh watch that YouTube video immediately. Uh right. it is very very important uh Truth About Life because it talks about uh you know when you're demotivated uh, and, and you find yourself in a slump. Also, uh, make sure you read. You need to be reading nonfiction consistently, like consistently. Right. Start with Gary Vaynerchuk. Uh, actually, no, start with a No More Mr. Nice Guy followed by 12 Rules for Life, and then go into Gary Vaynerchuk after that. At a minimum, yeah. you're reading, you're getting something out of value out of, of anything you read. It's not like, seriously, focus on nonfiction because you're going to get the most value out of that. And then after that right. point, you'll you'll probably get a better idea of what you want. But quite frankly, you need to also develop the four pillars of self-intimacy, which is season six here on this YouTube channel. It's a playlist, season six, watch it. And you need to develop your, uh, identify what your needs are. You have to identify what your needs are and yeah. meet them. Get some personal standards to force you to continue to meet your own needs instead of giving up your needs for other people. And then have boundaries so that you're enforcing boundaries so that other human beings are not getting in the way of you meeting your needs. And then you start to know what your actual personal goals are. That's the key. If you're able to do that, you'll get out of your slump. You'll know what you want and you're going forward in your life as a result. So that's how I'd answer that question. Yeah, I mean, that's basically a more detailed version of what I said. Uh, figure out what you want and then uh, 
think about and make sure you really want that and then work at getting it while, you know, thinking of the rewards, the fruits of your labor. Yeah, exactly. Oh, we got another, um, another one from Aiden. Stimulants put you in your subconscious. Yeah. <clears throat> All right, I'll read it. Uh, uh, stimulants put you in your subconscious, depressants into your unconscious, and too much of either into your superego. Would being tired cause you to go into your unconscious? Uh, depends. It, uh, are you on antidepressants? Like, uh, are you on any other kind of, are you on caffeine? Are you any on any other kind of mind-altering substance that uh, the Mormons who talk about words of wisdom would tell you not to be on? For example, if you are, then it gets really subjective and not really objective. But if you're not on any mind altering substances whatsoever, yes, being tired would technically cause you to go into your unconscious because being tired is kind of like a depressant. It's the same, it's kind of like the same uh, approach right. for the most part. So the answer to that question is yes, it would be putting you in your unconscious. Okay. Aiden then asked another question. Also, what natural in brackets, no drugs experiences would put you into each side of your mind. So Ooh, that's a great question. I like that. Yeah. Okay. So social interactions with somebody of a type who has high camaraderie has a chance of putting you into your subconscious. Um, certain social situations have a chance of putting you into your uh, subconscious. Um, Again, with the social interactions, that's also your shadow. I mean, I know I've personally, I'm probably coming across like an ESFP sometimes in these live streams. So I think that's a good example of um, somebody naturally cognitive shifting towards one of the sides of their mind. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I got some more experiences to offer. Uh, how about fathers living vicariously through their children? Uh, that right. is done through their subconscious. Uh, whenever you're doing anything vicariously through someone else, it's usually through your subconscious because you're trying to aspire or you should be aspiring into your own subconscious, but other people are doing those things that you would be doing if you were aspiring. And that's basically you're living vicariously through them. So that's one issue there. No, no. Um, also, uh, uh, sexual activity is usually done through your subconscious uh, primarily more so than any other side of your mind. Um, although it can be done in your shadow, especially if you're drunk during the process. Uh, right. And if that's going to happen, uh, that may create an incompatibility with your partner. So they might also might also be a good idea if they were drunk too, so that you would keep your compatibility up in the process. Oh, <laughs> a lot of people don't think about that. Yeah. Right. Mind altering substances can actually technically make you sexually incompatible <laughs> at certain times. Right. Be aware. Uh, so, uh, but yeah, uh, there's, there's a lot of, um, so yeah, parenting has some to it. Um, um, being in a group setting versus a, a single setting, depending if you're an introvert or an extrovert can throw you a different size of your mind, uh, or being parented by someone, same thing, or being taught something or, uh, going to school or giving a speech, you know, there's all sorts of different social interactions that put you in a different size of your mind because your mind will, uh, specifically, um, specifically they will uh, put put for you forward you know in that direction like your brain it sees a challenge of a social interaction of some kind it's going to try to put you in whatever size your mind that is not your superego that is best fits to solve the issue of that social interaction 
I guess the best way of putting it. So I had to stop myself there. Right. All right. Well, we got a question from Zanzi and he sends 10 uh, euros and he said, spitballing idea. Could you view the 16 types as different parts of a whole collective unconscious? Yes. Is the crazy political climate, the collective unconscious invoking its superego as a corrective? No, it's not. So I, they, the answer to the first question is absolutely yes, uh, because all human cognition put together combined. Because if you think about it, uh, the first four sides of your mind has 16 different points of cognition to it, but then you have to multiply that by four. So 16 times four. Uh, but in reality, if you think about it all the way with all the different possible combinations of cognition there are, it's actually 16 to the fourth power is the total co uh, total cognition available to every human mind uh, from each perspective that's capable. We just haven't had a chance right. to map all of that yet, but we're getting there. Uh, and that's because the 16 total cognitive functions that are available to the brain uh, from the different perspectives and the different areas that, that come as a result, certainly. Uh, mm -hmm. So yes, it, it all of human cognition is in of itself a its own ego, it's its own consciousness, it's its own super mega personality, it's its own hive mind, basically. Uh, is the crazy political climate, the collective unconscious invoking its superego as a corrective? No, no, it's not because the current political climate is, uh, is not anything that's naturally occurring. It's, uh, it's right. very subjective. It's very, it's very planned. It's very, um, it's very monitored. It's very, uh, influenced, right? It's not something that is natural and not natural at all. So because, you know, if, if it was natural, then then, but it's not naturally occurring at all because you have things like media, you have things like influences, everyone having their different opinion, people being bribed, people being paid off, uh, people being removed permanently from the picture, uh, people being threatened, who knows? Like there's, there's a lot of uh, positive things and negative things uh, regardless of what political climate is, you know, and it's, and it's also way too subjective to simply break down, you know, especially in the USA, Democrats versus Republicans, because that's not even real. For some reason, people think it's real, but it's not real at all. It's very subjective right. when, <laughs> when in reality, it's, it's just, it's actually just, you know, people vying for power and they collude with each other in various different groups. And they just take advantage of the existing system of Republicans versus Democrats put in their candidates with D's and R's next to their name, when in reality, those candidates are actually loyal to them and their individual groups and think tanks and not actually the parties with which they represent. And we've seen right. that consistently over the last hundred years. It would be, yeah. so we can't, we can't honestly think that that's the case anyway, right, as a result. So based on that, the answer to the question, the second question is no. And the only way that would happen is to basically create a political system where there's no gerrymandering of ideas or jerry-rigging of ideas and, and expression and allowing everything to have to happen and occur naturally. But I don't know if that's even possible because from a temperament standpoint, when you have 40% of the population is SJs and 30% and of the population is SPs, that's 70% of the population is concrete thinkers. They have the majority. And when they have the majority like that, intuitives the ends right the intuitives statistically are more financially successful than the 70 percent majority out there and because the majority has 70 percent 
uh, they can vote out the wealth out from under the intuitives and redistribute to themselves. That's why I maintain that it is not wise for any political system to be 100% decided by popular vote because the statistically less successful S types, AKA the concrete types would basically use their majority to harm the 30% minority abstract types which would not be good for a society at all. This is why I'm against everything being decided by popular vote because it just doesn't make sense. That's why it's better to have a representative or republic-based government instead of everything being decided by popular vote. So again, that's mm -hmm. why I have to answer that second question is no. Okay. Well, I feel like if we keep going on that point, we just end up down a rabbit hole. So I'm gonna move us on to the next super chat because we've got like four more. Yep, awesome. Uh, what is the effects of an ISTP with crappy SE? Uh, an ISTP with crappy SE is an ISTP who ends up wanting all of the wrong things and having really bad and un unhealthy behaviors. They've probably been to Alcoholics Anonymous and had a DUI, for example. Like that's how bad it gets. When NI child is just given free reign to do whatever it wants, whenever it wants, that ISTP is liable to becoming physically abusive to people in their immediate family, get DUIs, uh, do drugs, uh, take their paycheck from their wife and spend it on cocaine, which I have seen and has been, right. you know, like that's, that's how bad it can get with crappy SE. ISTPs need to develop their SE parent and really gain that mechanical mastery to keep their child in check because their child, while it wants to do, well, it has unlimited desire and unlimited passion. It has to be confined to the limits of reality or physics around it. And becoming a master of physics allows the ISTP to actually utilize their willpower in productive ways instead of self-destructive ways. Right. Okay. That seems good enough. Let's move on to the next question, which comes from Mr. Aiden uh, Wishness. <laughs> <laughs> wow <laughs> what, what types are most interested in studying type and which types are least interested because they're being put in a box and why uh least interested uh are definitely sp types for sure because they're like oh you're just limiting my freedom and i know myself better than you and because i know myself you can't say anything that's remotely true and anything that you say just means that I can't be free to be who I really am. And then I'm like, yeah, but you having that point of view is proving me right. Like they can't <laughs> see outside that little box. They can't see past their own nose. So that's why SP types are the most resistant, uh, you know, like, oh, you're just putting me in boxes, right? So the types that are most right. interested in studying type are introverted, intuitive, though. So INXX types are the most interested because we've seen that statistically, you know, people who are, uh, uh, studying typology are always INXX types. Um, also, uh, SJs struggle uh, because, again, MBTI or typology, as you would have it, they're very abstract concepts, and the concrete uh, thinkers of the world and feelers of the world are just not really interested that much because, especially from an SJ's point of view, it's like, eh, I haven't heard it before, don't really care, and I don't want to find out because that would make me uncomfortable and I'm not in the mood today or it's not a priority for me today. Because if I haven't heard it before and it's already not a societal standard, then I'm not interested and I don't care. Next, that's basically the uh, uh, point that the, the, the perspective that they maintain uh, for it, for sure. All right. Well, the next question comes from Aiden uh, Wishnis again. Again, yeah. <laughs> 
Um, and he asked, with the stimulants and depressants putting you in in the different sides of your mind, why does Adderall or other similar drugs seem to give the same effect for most everyone? It actually does not give the same effect for most everyone. It's just that statistically that there's more sensors than there are more concrete types than there are abstract types, you know, sensors versus intuitives. So it looks like it gives the same effect statistically overall, but it really doesn't. Uh, and I would recommend actually studying the effects of Adderall uh, on individuals on a case by case basis, instead of looking at a bell curve, because that's not, that's not appropriate. This is one of the reasons why, you know, my TE critic just has to look at those statistics and laugh at those statistics because those statistics are wrong. Uh, because you have to consider every individual's individual type and keep the statistics within their type and not outside of type in that regard. Right. Otherwise it's just not fair. And then also okay. you have their nurture in play and what about their genes and their genetics as well? Like there's so many different facets to that. And right. I would have to be like, yeah, I have to, I have no choice but to reject those statistics until they're able to get deeper into the weeds. Right. Yeah. I mean, just cause you numb someone doesn't necessarily mean that. Yeah. And, and here's yeah. another, here's another perspective. Like uh, here's a question for you. Like, which out of all the 16 types of the highest chances of being put on Adderall and how does exactly. that affect That's the, point the statistic, I was gonna make. right? You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> it's just, because it's, it's usually like the INTJ or the INTP people like, Oh, I don't understand how your brain works. So there must be something wrong with you here. Let me uh, take this candy, which makes you feel funny. Yeah. Take this candy, which makes you. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. I mean, that's eff that's effectively what they're doing to kids. It's like I don't understand how your brain works, so I'm gonna give you this uh, these drugs, and then you're going to behave to the standards of which I hold my SJs to. It's like, uh. all right. We have got a question on YouTube from 7733. AKA Mint Leaf. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say. <laughs> Mint Leaf. <laughs> trying to trying to trying to send me a message. She asks, right. what advice can you give to an ENTP that neglects himself for those he loves? Oh she's talking about me. That's what she's talking <laughs> about. Yeah. Yeah, this is Mint Leaf. Yeah. She's like so maybe you should give advice to an ENTP and you need to take your own advice. That's literally what she's saying right now. That, that's really what's yeah. happening. So, uh, but I'll, but I'll play her game. Uh, so uh, oftentimes you don't really see ENTPs neglect themselves uh, for those he loves, unless of course they have nice guy syndrome and like a relationship. And then I'd be like, Hey, you need to read no more Mr. Nice guy. So you can stop doing that. And Robert Glover is an ENTP as well. And he's, he's had uh, similar struggles in his life for certain, but outside of a romantic relationship, you won't often find ENTPs neglecting themselves uh, for the sake of those that uh, they love. But if they are doing that, they're doing that because they either perceive it as, you know, they have no choice or they don't have yeah. any other uh, tools or relationships nearby to help them actually deal with the situation. And from right, that point or out of, view, of a sense of obligation. Yeah, and it's always out of the sense of obligation. Once the obligation goes away or is or is solved, then uh, then that won't happen. And that then that behavior usually comes, you know, as a result of like an emergent situation, you know. But uh, right. outside of that, SI inferior demands that they take care of themselves. Like so, for example, yep. 
notice that board is done back there. I was actually going to film that two nights ago, but when I was getting ready to actually film it, I just couldn't. I was like, ugh, and there's no way that I would perform well on camera and everything. And so I decided mm -hmm. to push it on to the next day. And then I tried to do it on the next day, and then that failed too, and that blew up in my face. So it's like, okay, yeah. So I ended up not doing it because I had to like take care of myself and go take a nap because I just couldn't handle it because I was I was literally burning my uh, my candle at both ends, you know. So so yeah, eventually SI Inferior will catch up with the ENTP and force the ENTP on their knees, uh, you know, whether they like it or not. And that's just a built-in biological psychological thing in, within ENTPs. Uh, if that there is too much self neglect, they're eventually going to fall flat in their face, and that's just how it is. Period. End of story. Mm -hmm. Right. So, what do you think about that advice to yourself? Do you think uh, you might follow it? <laughs> uh, my point is, is that I have no choice to follow that jab. Uh huh. Yeah. All right. What's the next Discord <laughs> question? Actually, we've got one more super chat. Oh, we do? Oh, I missed it. Comes from ASM Criminal. What motivates an INTJ? So, am I going to take this or you? Yeah, go for it. I mean, the motivation of an INTJ is effectively what they want. So, that's your NI hero. You know, you have certain things in life you want, and your desire to get those things that you want is your key motivator. Um, of course, there are some smaller things. So, like, um, if your friends are upset, you're going to want to make them happy with your SE inferior. Depending on how developed that is, you're going to feel real good about, you know, giving them a smile if they've been upset. Um, uh, you've got your TE parent. So just being smart and knowing lots of stuff is going to make you feel good. And if you feel good, Do you're going to feel motivated. Yeah, like exactly. do the research. Seriously, read nonfiction consistently. Like I go through, I go, I go through at least two nonfiction books a month. If I'm if I'm really on my A game, I can do four, right? And uh, that's that's really important and it's really powerful. Make sure that you're getting those books in because the more you know, the more you've read, the more your TE parent is supercharged, and then the more options your SE inferior has, which means your INI hero has more choices. And then you'll be able to plot a course towards what you want. All you have to do is pick nonfiction subjects that sound interesting to you. That's it. That's literally all you have to do. But again, start with Crush It by Gary Vaynerchuk. I cannot stress that enough. You got to read Crush It. Everyone has to read Crush It. Everybody. Right. Yeah. Okay. Um, you want to do some more Discord questions? Let's do uh, let's do a couple uh, Discord. Um, let's uh, let's do a couple more Discord questions, and then uh, we'll, yeah, for sure, let's do that. And and then we can wrap it up because we're about yeah. an hour and ten minutes in so far. All right, so this comes from Ash, and she, he says, "I'm pretty sure Ash is gender neutral." So they say. I am a 16-year-old ISFP. What jobs do I need to look for that will give me the best outcome slash happiness and the best chances in the future? Jobs. Uh, jobs where you have freedom of choice. Jobs that you feel good uh, doing it and people don't think less of you and you're able to give them a good experience and that gives you all the creative freedom that you need to move forward. Um, I'd recommend doing it around a specific skill like singing or 
playing the guitar or music or learn a synthesizer and create EDM music. I, I don't know, like use, uh, do something that is, that had, that, that utilizes your creativity it would be the best uh, thing that I would say for an ISFP. So what would you say the forklift driving of 16 year old ISFPs is? <laughs> the, fork, the forklift. That's actually a better way of asking that question, Jeff. Thanks. <laughs> uh, You're welcome. The forklift driving of ISFPs. Uh, definitely HVAC for sure. HVAC. Definitely. Or HVAC. Yep. HVAC or blacksmithing or gunsmithing, things like that. Really? Yeah. I, I knew a, uh, I knew an ISFP gunsmith most skill I've ever seen in a gunsmith before. And, uh, he could definitely, uh, make all sorts of stuff. Also, he made this custom chain mail, which was absolutely incredible. And I actually got some <laughs> of it from him and I was like, wow, you know, I wore it yeah. when I was playing paintball. It was nice. <laughs> yeah. There you go, Ash. Uh, start your own lopping community. Become a blacksmith. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There you go, larping community. All right. There uh, you go. Two super got some chats. More. Yeah, Perry Annie, the the man himself, is back. The man. And he says, yep. Any advice for an ESFP with high INTJ subconscious? Keep reading, man. Keep reading that that TE. Uh, but the thing is, try everything. Use that SE hero, try everything with others uh, and try to do things in parallel. Whereas the INTJ can be very focused on one thing at a time. As an ESFP, you want to actually divert your focus so that you're not getting too focused. If you do, you're going to you're going to burn out your NI inferior. Don't do that. Do things in parallel. So when you're reading books, read many simultaneously. Do a chapter here or there of different subjects or different books at the same time. Maybe it's on the same subject. Who knows? You get different perspectives. But really take in things and do things in parallel. Multiple streets of information coming instead of just like one, basically, uh, would be what I would say uh, for you know an ESFP with high INTJ subconscious for sure. Also, uh, don't put yourself in situations that would inhibit your freedom. Uh, don't put yourself in situations where your reputation could be inhibited as well. I think it's like fourth law of power says so much depends on reputation. Guard it with your life. Uh, that's, that's very important for ESFPs, uh, and they just have to go in that direction. Right. So, uh, multiple streams of information coming in and then, uh, figuring out what you want as a result of seeing what other people are doing while getting all the different perspectives at the same time with your TE uh, child. And you'll definitely be set to be able to augment all of that into your INTJ subconscious for even more focused improvement and effort and success. Okay. We've got another super chat. Like my coin slot is very happy today. And that comes from Taj Marie. And she, she asked, I think it's a she, what is your advice for INTJs that struggle with short-term memory and retention of information through SI? That's a great question. Yes. Okay. Awesome. Three yeah, things. I could use this. Yeah. So, uh, Download a program called Evernote. Actually, it's worth paying for. And it's basically like this cloud note-taking system that's on your phone, it's on your computer, it's literally everywhere. And live your life by Evernote forever. Also get another program if you have an iPhone, it's called MindNode, M-I-N-D-N-O-D-E, MindNode for mind mapping. It'll actually help you plan your and organize your thoughts simultaneously in a way that you can always retrace your steps that increases your productivity. Uh, but, uh, and then the third way is 
Surround yourself with introverted sensors and share experiences with those introverted sensors with your SE inferior so that they remember everything that you have done together. And that way you can always ask them, hey, do you remember what we did, blah, blah, blah. And then they'll tell you specifically what it was because they have really mm -hmm. good long-term memory access. This is why sure. it's important for INTJs to be in relationship, especially intimate relationships with SI users. Uh -huh. So effectively what you're saying is uh, let's use um, SI users as notebooks for our good memories. Yeah, exactly. Because SE is literally <laughs> permanently etching on their souls, you know, They're right. trying to like, you know, put that etch in there and uh, then they'll remember it forever for the INTJ to ask. Basically the INTJ keeps their SI user around is basically memory storage or long-term storage, cold storage for their memories and creates a totem out of that person, essentially in their totem, a walking totem. So. All right. <clears throat> um, you want to go with a couple of YouTube questions and then wrap it up from there or. Yeah, let's do that. Let's do that. All right. Hold on. Let me just, uh, let me just save where we're up to. Can it? And Eddie, quick, if you want to get into YouTube question, I'm going to be looking from now. Yeah, Cap Trap says, anyone got any ESTJ tips? I do. Don't be lazy. That's my tip. <laughs> Don't be lazy. Yep. Wow. Um, let's see. Sometimes. Well, come on, get some questions in. There you As go. an ITP, how can I make an ENTJ magnet out of myself? Uh, automate everything, learn machine learning and AI uh, and program and code that as soon as possible. Mm -hmm. Yes, that, that would be how I'd answer that question as soon as possible. Yes. Also, I would say the problem with an INTP trying to attract an ENTJ woman is that, at least from my experience with ENTJ women, they tend to want more masculine men, whereas INTP men can come off as a little bit feminine. So I would, I would advise you to perhaps take up the gym, build some muscle mass, um, yeah, and take care of yourself. Why not? Exactly. Don't be um, a nice guy. Don't be right, a don't social, be a nice anxious, guy. nice guy, and read no more exactly. Mr. Nice Guy. Have some self-confidence. Don't fall into the rut of typical. Have self-respect. Life rule number one. Absolutely. Above all else, respect thyself. Exactly. Um, Adrian yeah. Bartlett is the INTJ lacking in long-term memory or short? The Muscles INTJ automatically mean true, but going to the gym and taking care of your body is going to increase your testosterone, which will allow you to be more masculine. Well said. Uh, to answer Adrian Bartlett's question, is the INTJ lacking in long-term memory short? They are lacking in long-term memory. They have really good short-term memory, but they are lacking in long-term memory. Um, oh, Aiden's back again. Uh, is there any job an INTJ wouldn't be good at? Not necessarily no. what they wouldn't enjoy, but what are they actually wouldn't be good at? I'm good at everything. <laughs> Customer service. Customer service. <laughs> <laughs> nice one, Gamtaru. Nice. Uh, that was really good. I, I like that one a lot. Actually, uh, I know some INTJs who are amazing at customer service because they uh, really they 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 bone up the sense of humor and giving other people a good experience. Uh, but uh, usually, people say customer service because they're not uh, obeying social norms, right? But quite frankly, social norms are subjective anyway. 
So it's kind of like, well, is it really that important? I mean, just some people, they, they really take it and it's really important because they're like, oh, well, you don't have common sense, you know? And it's like, okay, well, my response to that is, well, if I don't have common sense, common sense, that doesn't matter because common sense is nothing more than common ignorance. It really is. So just like, again, it's subjective. Just so. Um, okay. But, but no, uh, the answer is really no. They, the INTJ can basically master any job, any skill if they want to. It's really it's yeah. based on if they want to. That's, that's it. So. Okay. So why are there so many INTJ males such ENFP female pairs? Um, I wouldn't say there's a lot, but I'd say the dynamic of that relationship would be the ENFP finding the INTJ mysterious and the INTJ not allowing themselves to be manipulated by the ENFP, which would cause the ENFP to respect them and have respect for them. Um. <laughs> wow. <laughs> well... Well, that's the thing. With that NI hero, they're going to be like very strong and self-focused, and uh, I think that would garner respect. My um, answer, yeah. my answer to INTJ ENFP uh, pairs is that they have highest sexual compatibility. So have at it, and <laughs> yeah, that's that's how I go and answer that question for sure. Je Jeff and who my question skip. Um, we'll get to you after the, I'll scroll up after we get to these super chat questions. So we've got Aiden Wojcnice again. You might as well get a t-shirt with the Wojcnice <laughs> meme on it. Actually, if I made one, if you want to sell a limited edition, you can take all the proceeds. Yeah, why not? <laughs> so, so what's the shirt going to be? Aiden Wojcnice, question mark? Wojcnice. <laughs> Uh, can you type Hannibal Lecter from the NBC show? Um, I never I watched. Show. I never watched the NBC show, so I wouldn't be able to answer that question specifically. I I haven't watched it either, but I'm sure once I actually kick off this fictional typing thing and get off my ass and stop being a lazy INTJ. I I've been uh, told that historically, Jab uh, Hannibal Lecter is an INTJ. Historically, is what I've been told. Would you agree with that? Since you're the resident um, expert on fictional typing right now. <laughs> well, you're talking historically, so that would be a real person. Um, I think it's a bit hard to type him because you don't really have much of his conversations available. You could probably look at his military strategy and be like, ooh, this is probably what an INTJ would do, but I'm not sure that's exactly a good barometer for judging his type. Uh yeah, basically that comes down to once I do the fictional typing. If I have time tomorrow, I'm waiting on an important phone call, and if I get that early enough, I might ping and be like, all right, let's do a fictional typing thing. If I don't get that call, I don't want to commit myself to a thing which I might have to leave halfway through or 10 minutes into. So it really comes down to when I get that important phone call. Yeah. Um, Jeff and who? Uh, he says, ENFJ here, I hide my NI because it weirds people out. How can I best explain it to people how it works? Thank you. So you hide your impulsive behavior? Is that what it is? Like, I, I, I'm trying to translate this question here in a way that makes sense. Mm. I don't, is that, is that, is that, is that where, okay. Miss Jeff and who, is that 
why are you hiding your NI? Like, are you, are you in, is your, is your impulsive behavior? Are you, are you in like East Asia somewhere and your impulsive behavior is scaring all the Japanese people on the Shinkansen train or something? Like what is the, <laughs> what is the uh, circumstance? You know what I think it might be? I think it might be a cultural thing and a woman with such drive and ambition is something that probably might be su suppressed by the men who are intimidated by that there. So I think that might be what she's talking about. Right. Okay. Yeah, that, that could be it. But the thing is, like, don't change yourself for other people. Like, seriously, don't. The people that don't that like you for who you are will be actually able to find you because you're not changing yourself. Like that's what right. people always complain about not being able to find the right relationships because you're changing yourself. Stop changing yourself. If you're not changing yourself, guess what's going to happen? Exactly. You know, you're going right. to attract people who are looking for people like you. But if you're changing yourself, you're not going to attract people who are looking for you for people well, and, like you. And, the, and that's the thing. That's why most relationships break down after the honeymoon period because it's like it's not worth putting that energy in anymore to be something you're not so as to you know make someone happy because you're not getting as much energy you sexual energy from that relationship anymore because said honeymoon period's over and then slowly and slowly the mask peels off and you become who you are and not who you're pretending to be and that's what will cause the relationships to break down after exactly at the end of the honeymoon period. I mean, it happens like clockwork. Yeah, exactly. All right, Jeb, I think uh, that's it for now because my computer is actually about to crash because I left my power supply <laughs> and uh, I'm running out of batteries here. So right. we got to so call good. this one. Fail. Fail. Yeah, thank you. Fail. Thank you for that one, Puddin. Thank you. <laughs> yeah anyway thank you all for coming um pretty good we definitely need to make some uh, aiden w s s z z h n n n n i z question mark shirts yeah definitely and uh jeb uh i think we're probably going to do how to type on this tuesday but then after that it'll be moved to the weekends uh so right, so we do saturday sunday and then we'll do Saturday, Sunday after that, for sure. Right. All right, cool. Well, it's nice to uh, see you all. Uh, thank you for joining us. And uh, I'm exhausted, so I'm going to attempt to uh, not be exhausted. Uh, but uh, it's good talking to you all. Make sure that you join our Discord server to get all of your questions on Discord ahead of time. So we'll be reading off those questions. Uh, thank you all for your super chats. It's really helpful. All the money will be reinvested back into the community as usual. And uh, we look forward uh, to seeing you all next time. Uh, hopefully we'll be uh, doing this a little bit earlier next weekend on Saturday, uh, a week from today. So with all that being said, you all have a good night. Talk to you later. See you later, guys and girls. Later. <laughs>